if you're very clear on your priorities and your boundaries that, you know, maybe you can't quite have it all, but you can absolutely be very successful in a career or a business and also uh, have a great family life. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I'm really excited to welcome back to the show, Andy Storch. He's an author, consultant, coach, speaker, and facilitator on a mission to get the most out of life and inspire others to do the same. Andy is the author of the new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, which is designed to help professionals stop drifting and take control of their futures. He's also the host of two podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Andy Stewart Show. He's the co-founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank Conference and community, as well as the host of the Talent Development Virtual Summit. Andy has consulted and taught strategy sales, leadership, finance, and innovation to business leaders all over the world, including at companies like Salesforce.com, the NBA, Oracle, Google, Box, Toyota, State Farm, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, KPMG, on and on. It's unbelievable to have Andy back on the show. He's one of my favorite guests ever. We're going to do it today, Andy. We're going to talk about this book. Welcome to The Daily Helping. Uh, Dr. Richard, thank you so much for that wonderful, kind introduction, for having me back on your show. Uh, I know this is one of, if not the best show out there in the podcasting world, and uh, you do such great work. You talk to so many fantastic guests, so I am absolutely honored to be invited back on here. Thank you. I see what you did there. You just shifted the pressure back onto me where I had totally put it on you based on that (laughs) phenomenal introduction. So yeah, there's there's so much good things that you're doing in the world as well. And when when we last spoke and you came on the show, a book wasn't really on your radar. So what changed that? What what was really your impetus for, for writing this book? Yeah, it's interesting how the whole thing came about. And, um, you know, this could be interesting for a lot of your listeners who might be thinking about writing a book one day. Um, I think as I got more and more into personal development, and I know you and I share a similar story of uh, really diving into this world of personal development after reading The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. That yep. was a, a game changer for me when I read that uh, in 2016 and um, diving more into the world of entrepreneurship and personal development. And a lot of things in my life changed because of that. Uh, and as I would listen to more authors and speakers and people, I think, you know, one day it might be nice to write a book too, but I have no idea what I might write about. Um, I just knew that maybe one day I would. And uh, a year ago in November of 2019, I was at a conference in uh, London, uh, back when we used to be able to go to the conferences in person, uh, called the Upreneur Summit. 
and where Hal Elrod was the closing keynote speaker. So it was the first time I got to meet Hal in person, uh, even after going to his live event, uh, which he wasn't at because he had cancer mm -hmm. in the hospital. But I finally got to meet him in person. And he and another uh, successful author gave some great, named Jeff Goins, uh, gave great talks about how to write a best-selling book. And I was taking a lot of notes, but still wasn't exactly sure what it would be. And then uh, over lunch, one of those days, I had a conversation with another friend of mine named Philip Van Dusen, who has a really popular YouTube channel about building a digital marketing agency. And uh, something he said just struck a chord with me. It was like a lightning bolt hit me and it brought everything together that I've been, all the work I've been doing for the last couple of years. And I realized how I wanted to package it, what the book was going to be about and who it was going to be for. And I went back and looked at a couple of talks that I had given at some conferences the previous year and took the outlines. And that ended up forming two thirds of the book that I ended up writing. And uh, luckily for me, the title came right away as well. It's called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And I really wanted to... There's a lot of personal development books out there. And I feel like there's a lot of messages out there uh, telling people like, hey, if you want to have a great life, you need to you know, leave the nine to five and go start your own business, right? And become an entrepreneur like mm -hmm. you and I. And, and you and I both love that. I love being an entrepreneur. But it's not for everybody. A lot of people are destined, made to be employees. They're very happy to be employees. They just want to be happy in the career that they're in. And there are a lot of things they could do to benefit, like building a network and personal brand and things like that. So I wanted to put a book together for them. Now, this book can benefit anyone, including entrepreneurs, but specifically for corporate professionals. I've been doing consulting work in the corporate world for about 10 years uh, to really take ownership of their career, take control and stop drifting around. We can go into you know, what that means. Um, but I wanted to create something for them. And I also, as I was writing this book, realized that one thing that I really want to do as well is I want to... What Hal Elrod did for us, I want to be able to do for someone else. You know, Someone to read this book and think and have that lightning bolt moment and think, I'm ready to change my life, take control of my career. And that's what this is all about. I really... It's funny you call it a lightning bolt moment because I was thinking in my mind as you were... Before that just came out of your mouth, how reading that book really did hit me like a lightning bolt. Just really quickly, yeah, Hal Elrod is a, a friend of the show. And for those of you listening and haven't heard it, he was on episode 50 and episode 127 of The Daily Helping. And if, if you want to hear what Chris Ducker had to say about the Upreneur Summit and all the things taught there, check out episode 93. But uh, nice. back back to what you were saying. Yeah, that there are so many personal development books. And so many of these books that are out there are just saying the same thing. Burn the ships, yeah. quit your job, right. irrespective of your life obligations, pull your staff up by your bootstraps, go for it, cliches and you know Rocky montage kind of things that really don't give any practical advice. And you know, I, I'm more kind of aligned with what what you think, like if, if you've got, especially we've both got kids, if you've got a family, yeah. especially in this economy, maybe telling your boss where to stick it isn't the greatest idea right now. Right. <laughs> but you know, there's a way to still you know, own your life and have control over what right. you're doing. So you know, you've been doing this for, for 10 years. You've consulted at the highest level. So talk to us about how some of your experiences doing that shaped what you're giving people from a guidance standpoint in, in this book. Yeah. Well, you know, 
you mentioned having kids and and that thing being important. Um, you also mentioned that I've worked with and consulted with companies and executives at the highest level. I've worked with the C-suite in, in big companies. And I see what executives go through to get to where they are and how a lot of people work and live their lives. And this is not you know, meant to be said with any type of judgment. Everybody gets to work and live their lives however they want. And um, that's almost the point of this, that not only do we get to work and live how we want, I want people to pay more attention to how they're working and living their lives to take more ownership. I think a lot of people, what I've observed is a lot of people are drifting along, kind of reacting, waiting for other people to tell them what to do. Most people got into the career they're in um, because their parents or a family member recommended it or you know, you get to college and you're like, oh, that major looks pretty good and you get into it. And there's nothing wrong with that because I've done all those things. But at some point, the real fulfillment comes when we wake up and we feel like I'm taking control of this. I'm going where I want to go. And I'm seeing so many people drifting. And, the, and there's trade-offs. You know, mentioned working with executives, having a family. Um, I think a lot of it and what I talk about in the book is to be honest about your values and your purpose and what you care about. And if you really want to you know, get to the top and be the CEO or the CFO today, one day, that's awesome. Just know that you're probably going to have to work 60, 70 hours a week and you know, bust your butt uh, to get there. And you might have to make a lot of sacrifices. And that's fine. And it's also okay to say, you know what? I am okay not becoming CEO one day. I'd rather make sure that I'm home for dinner with my family every night. And that's okay too. And you know, there are some best case scenarios where you see some people rise to the top and have great family lives. But oftentimes, there's a lot of trade-offs. And I want people to be really honest about where are your values, where are your priorities, um, where are you spending your time. It's the same thing where you hear people all the time say, uh, you know, I, I wish I could work out more, but I don't really have time. And it's like, well, you, you do have time. You're just choosing to do other things. So where are those trade-offs? And, and, and Dr. Richard, I know you've been down this road. You've had your own personal experience with this and, and the trade-offs of working a lot versus spending more time with family or getting exercise. And you've had your own revelations, right? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. There was a study done by Forbes and they interviewed C-suite and I, I believe they were Fortune 100 companies, people in the C-suite. And overwhelmingly, these were people who, well, they had achieved phenomenal financial success, obviously, right? Yeah. Their marriages had failed or were failing. Their children had resentment towards them because they were at the office before their kids woke up and many times would be working and get home after they went to bed. Um, their health was poor. So there are those trade-offs. But I want to ask you this. Do, does it have to be that way? I don't think it has to be. I think it comes down to priorities and boundaries, right? And you've made some of these changes. I've made plenty of these changes. You know, early in my career, I thought I did want to be CEO of a company one day. And I struggled because I couldn't find the right career that really took advantage of my strengths and the things that I really enjoyed doing. And then later, as I had kids, I thought, you know, it's more important to me to make sure that I'm there for my family and have dinner with my family every night, like I said. So I would never go take a job now that would require me to work all the time or even travel all the time like I used to. Uh, but I do think that if you're very clear on your priorities and your boundaries that, you know, maybe you can't quite have it all, but you can absolutely 
be very successful in a career or a business and also uh, have a great family life. I think a lot of people are just not drawing those boundaries, right? They're letting other people schedule meetings for them whenever, tell them where to go when. They're afraid to say no to requests and they're taking everything on, um, struggling because maybe they're not playing to their strengths or the things that they're really good at or enjoy uh, or looking to, to spend more time working in that zone to find more fulfillment. And um, this is about really waking up and figuring out, okay, where do you want to be with your career and with your life? Uh, what goals can you put in place? What actions can you take? And then how can you set yourself up for a better future? Because as we know, having gone through the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, uh, things can change at any time, right? Lots of people have lost their jobs. And so no matter how well you've positioned yourself or how good of a job you've been doing, things can change and you need to be um, willing and able to uh, prepare yourself and set yourself up for success in the future. Let's, let's dive into that because I know you started a podcast and were building your own personal brand while working with another company yep. and, until you were able to flip that switch and, and do it on your own. But for many people that maybe didn't have a brand and find themselves out of work because of COVID, now there's really nothing to set them apart from a marketing standpoint, finding a new job. So let's talk about personal branding and, and how to really best leverage that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a big fan of this, as you know. And uh, of course, you've, you've had some other big um, brand people on like Chris Ducker on the podcast as well. Uh, so first of all, when you're looking to get that next job, the number one thing I think you can do is build the network, go out and make connections and build relationships with others. Um, but then the next thing you can do is building that personal brand. And a personal brand for me is essentially your reputation in the marketplace, anywhere you go. It's what people think about you, uh, regardless of what you tell them. And the interesting thing about it is that you know, whether you're intentional about it or not, everybody has a brand. Everybody has a reputation. You know, when I mention your name to someone else when you're not around, they if they know you, they have a thought about you. Oh, Dr. Richard is, you know, kind, he's generous, he's he's great to talk to, he's a very inquisitive, curious, fun guy. Or, oh, that guy's a jerk. I would never want to work with them, right? That's that is part of your brand, right? And so why not be intentional about that in in trying to set that up? And what does that come down to? First of all, I never want people to be fake or inauthentic. We always want to be our authentic selves, right? But we can be intentional about how we show up as our authentic selves. And I think there's a couple facets to that. One is, you know, how do you do it at work? So if you are still working, you're in a, a corporate environment, you know, how do you respond when people bring requests your way? Do you take on those extra projects? Do you work hard? Are you a team player? Are you a collaborator? Are you fun to work with? Do you smile, um, greet people? Are you kind? Are you generous to others? Uh, all those things impact the way people think and feel about you. And it's going to impact that decision later on when they say, you know, hey, uh, you know what? We've got this new role opening up. Um, you know, who do we want to give it to? It, it might be a stretch. We, we have, you know, Deborah over here who is highly qualified, but frankly, she's not very pleasant to work with. She's complains about everything uh, all the time. And then we have uh, Richard over here who is, you know, it might be a stretch for him to move into this role, but he's just such a fun guy. He's just such a great collaborator. He's fun to work with. I think we're going to give him a shot, right? And that comes down to the personal brand that you built inside your company. The other side of the personal brand, of course, is um, something you and I engage with a lot is 
how do you build that brand out in the marketplace using things like social media or a podcast or you know maybe you write an article somewhere in an in a online magazine, a trade magazine, something like that. And we all have experience and expertise. We have things that we can um, potentially showcase out there in the market. Um, I'm a big fan, user proponent of LinkedIn. I think that's the, the top place really to go if you're in the corporate world uh, to spend time on there, to follow people, to be sharing and posting content. And it doesn't even have to be... The thing is, it doesn't have to be your own original content. If you're sitting here thinking like I would have been three or four years ago, I don't have that much to say. right? I don't feel like I'm really an expert, even though you probably are. You can start sharing other people's content. You could share this podcast or an article that you read and say, you know, I just read this article in HBR or whatever publication and it really struck a chord. And here's my three or four key takeaways from it. And by sharing that out there, um, it's an article you enjoyed, right? So you're sharing with other people because you want them to be able to read it too. You're sharing your takeaways. You're making it easy for them. And you're showing that you are someone who is consistently learning and investing in your own growth and that you are uh, knowledgeable about this subject. So if you are you know, in HR and you're trying to get another job in HR or finance, whatever it may be, you're sharing articles, insights, information about that topic. And when recruiters or hiring managers go to look you up later, they're not just looking at your LinkedIn profile to see what jobs you've had in the past. They're going to see what type of content have you been sharing out there? What, what ways have you been showcasing your expertise? So that's all about building a brand, a personal brand of someone who is knowledgeable about the subject that you want to work in, whether it's HR, finance, whatever it may be. Um, you're not just showing your work experience. You're showcasing some of your accomplishments, um, but you're showing off some of the things that you know that you're knowledgeable about, whether it's sharing other people's stuff or maybe sharing some of your own. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Now, I, I know this is just your own experience, but as we talked about, you were working for somebody else while you were building you know, the Andy Stewart Show and the Talent Development Hot Seat. What was the reaction? Obviously, you're out there, so the, the company's aware of it. What was, what was the reaction to you doing that? That's, that's a great question. You know, Every situation is going to be different. And I think my personal opinion is that people in corporate jobs, whatever, should obviously get to do what they want with their personal time, whether it's a, you know, a hobby or a podcast or something like that, as long as it doesn't conflict or take away from the work you're in. So when I started my first podcast, I was working for a consulting company and um, I was taking care of my job, but I was also running this podcast on the side. It was starting to grow a lot of the stuff I was doing. And it was completely unrelated. The podcast was about entrepreneurship because I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And so I thought I'll start this podcast and learn as much as I can about entrepreneurship and started interviewing a lot of great entrepreneurs to, to learn from them and, and hear about their experience. Uh, it did take a lot of my time and it started to grow. 
And uh, for me personally, there was a point where I was so bought into this idea that I wanted to go do my own thing that I did start to let my job slip. And I wasn't really meeting all the expectations there. And it came to a point where you know, my boss came to me at one point and said, Hey, you know, some people are talking. They're wondering, they see what you're doing with this podcast and wondering, uh, where are you spending all your time? Could you be spending more time getting your job done at work? And, you know, we don't want to have to have this conversation where you're on a performance plan or something like that. Right. So I was definitely heading down that road because it's one thing to start something on the side. Um, it's another thing to think about where's your mind at and where are you spending your brain share. And if you're not in a role that you enjoy, then maybe you need to start thinking about what's that next thing. Um, but if you are in a role you enjoy, you're just doing this thing on the side, you know, make sure you're giving enough time to get your job done, uh, your responsibility is done. So for me, that was a little bit of a wake-up call that, okay, I need to make a decision. I need to make a move soon. And so I started exploring other opportunities and I, and I eventually found an opportunity to move to a subsidiary company as an independent uh, consultant. So it was my first foray into entrepreneurship, kind of like a bridge, if you will, because I was still part of a small company, but I was 1099, you know, no salary, uh, kind of making my own way. And um, that really worked out well for everybody. But the other interesting thing was, you know, in that experience starting the podcast, I saw what it could do. I saw the potential, not only for building my brand, for finding clients, but also growing the brand of a company that I went to the company and said, Hey, I think we should start a podcast where we interview clients and other potential clients and build our brand in this space. And um, well, a couple of people were on board and some were not. And I was basically told, don't waste your time with that. So I eventually went off on my own. I started that next podcast, which was all about talent development. And that podcast essentially has been a big success. It's allowed me to meet many clients. It's allowed me to make a lot of friends in the space. It turned into a conference, a membership community that I'm running now. And by the way, you know, this is like, who knows where things will go, but I'm now in talks with the company I used to work for to start a podcast for them uh, <laughs> on a contract basis. So, you know, sometimes it takes people a little longer to come around. And this is not to, to shame them. It wasn't the right people at the right time, whatever it may be. And I'm so thankful that it worked out the way it did because I could go off and start things on my own. Um, but I tell that, share that story because we're going to have ideas. We're going to have things that other people may not think are a good idea or approve of. It doesn't mean it's not a good idea uh, and that we shouldn't go give it a shot and maybe try to do things on our own and um, see how it works out. What's the quote? An idea is only crazy until it's not, or somebody actually does it, right? Right. Like, so, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that talent development podcast, by the way, too, you know, there are tons of podcasts out there like yours and mine where we interview a lot of entrepreneurs who are very happy to come on and, you know, share about their book or their business or whatever. Uh, when I started the talent development podcast, I wanted to interview corporate talent development professionals. And I wasn't sure if it was going to work. I was worried that um, you know, corporate communications would, would step in and say, hey, you can't do a public interview or something like that. right? And I remember I posted in a Facebook group for podcasters, one of those big ones like Podcast Movement or, or PodFest or whatever. And um, I said, I'm thinking about starting this podcast for where I interview corporate professionals. I just don't know if it would work. Has anybody done something like this? And I basically got nothing back except for one guy who commented and said, don't do it. It'll never work. Like something like that. And I was like, really? I'm pretty sure this is going to work. I'm going to try this. It's worth a shot. And I remember when I got that first interview with a woman named Amy Dunn. Um, she was very kind. And, um, and then I got the next one and the next one. And now I've done over 200 interviews for that podcast. And uh, only twice, I think, 
um, someone has told me no because they said they're just you know they don't they're not allowed to do things like that or something. It's not doesn't happen like I thought it would. So it's worked out quite well, and I've taken ownership of that process. You know, I'm not letting other people dictate my success, and um, I'm owning the the wins and losses. That's awesome, and and such an important piece of being an entrepreneur is that you need to take accountability for opportunities to grow for the high highs, but for the low lows as well. I, yeah. I want to I transition though, because you touched on it, but I think it's so critical in, in the world today of, of entrepreneurship, particularly in a COVID-19 reality. Let's talk about the importance of networking, because I know that's a huge thing for you. And, and in particular, LinkedIn, because you know, but we'll go a little deeper than we, we talked before. Because again, it's about that differentiation. How, how do you stand out from the crowd? How do you leverage and how do you position yourself if you're, if you're leaving the corporate world or leaving a job to then get clients? Yeah. Yeah. And this is important, whether you're an entrepreneur, becoming an entrepreneur, or you are a corporate professional and you're, you know you're always going to be an employee. You need to be paying attention. You need to be thinking about networking, building the network, building relationships. Uh, when I think back across my career, almost every job and business opportunity I've ever gotten has come from a personal relationship, from an introduction, referral, um, someone I knew. And when I ask around to other people, it, it's often the case, you know. And you'd rather get an introduction for a job than apply online and be one of two thousand resumes for a job right now, and maybe more for a lot of jobs out there these days. Um, you'd rather get that personal introduction. And that's going to come from having personal conversations. And so I've always been a big proponent of networking. Um, I write about that. I've got a couple chapters on it in the book, not only the why and the how, but getting into specifics about you know, types of uh, venues you should, you should go to or use both offline and online, the types of questions that you should ask. Um, and you know, I was big on going to conferences and networking events before COVID. And I'm um, still a fan of that. But obviously... After COVID nineteen, that's not happening anymore, right? We're all in this virtual remote world, and a lot of people I've seen a lot of people kind of throwing their hands up, saying, "Well, I don't know how to go out and build a network now." And I'm telling you, it's not only possible; it's easier than ever. And if you're in the corporate space, LinkedIn is your key. Everybody is on LinkedIn, uh, just about, and people are on there messaging, connecting, sharing content, following content. I'm on there all day, messaging with people, connecting with people. Um, starting conversations and then getting people onto Zoom like you and I are right now or a phone call and getting to know people and finding opportunities. And I'm finding new clients, um, connecting with you know, potentially new friends. Um, you know, there's new opportunities. I got a message this morning from a guy that I connected with through LinkedIn uh, who has become a, a friend and a member of my community uh, who wants to hire me to come speak at his organization in the next few weeks. And that was just, hey, reach out on LinkedIn. And those messages are coming all the time. So think about if you're in a corporate position and you, are, you know you're going to be an employee for the long haul, think about what's the job that you want to be in in the next couple of years. Start connecting with those people who have that job and have those conversations uh, so that you can learn more about what they're doing, what's made them successful, and set yourself up if you ever need an introduction or maybe you need to get that next job. If you are becoming an entrepreneur, you are an entrepreneur. Um, I spend all my time as an entrepreneur uh, connecting with potential clients, right? So know who your target niche is. Who is it that you want to be in 
contact with. For me, it's uh, corporate talent development professionals. Uh, so a lot of the work I've done selling and running training and development programs, uh, running this talent development membership community, I'm targeting, looking for those people to start conversations and actually recently shifted that because I'm releasing this book in the career development space to connecting with a lot of career development professionals and um, starting conversations with them. And then treat it like anything else. Like, you, like treat people like people. It's still a human to human connection and start a real conversation. Don't pitch people right away. Try not to sound like a robot and then get people on. If someone seems like it could be an interesting connection, get them on Zoom. Ask if they could do a 15 minute or 30 minute chat or virtual coffee, if you will, and get to know people. And I find that it's, it's easier now than it ever has been because uh, everybody's at home. Nobody's traveling. Everybody is um, used to this virtual technology now. You know, it's kind of funny. I've been doing this I've been using Zoom for seven years since it came out. Uh, and before COVID, if I connected with a new corporate contact on LinkedIn and I'd book a call with them, I would book it on Zoom. And at least half the time, they wouldn't come on camera. And I'd have this awkward situation where I'd be like, "Are you? Could you could turn on your camera if you want. Because you know it's always more intimate and you get a better connection when you're looking at someone. But people just weren't comfortable doing it. And they'd be right. like, no, I'm not going to. Since COVID hit, it's like 98% of the time people are on camera and ready to go. They're just used to it. And then yeah. I find it so much better and easier to make that personal connection. I also find for uh, like senior executives I'm trying to connect with and book a meeting with, before COVID, uh, if I got them to agree to a meeting, it would probably take us on average five weeks maybe to book a call because they were traveling and had all these meetings and things going on. Now I'm booking calls with people like the next, the next week, sometimes a couple days later because their calendar is just it's more open because people are not traveling places. So don't let COVID or a pandemic or anything, any other challenge be an excuse for you not to go build a network and go talk to people. Um, because I personally think it's actually made things easier, better. Uh, and so you need to go out and again, start small, make connections, uh, set a goal to maybe connect with two, three new people a week or a month and just have those conversations with no agenda um, you're not trying to get anything from anybody. You're not trying to sell anything to anybody. Uh, just building relationships, getting to know people, and and who knows where it might go. I love I love that. And I, I was thinking about as you were describing this, and it happens. I don't know how many times a week where somebody will reach out, and it's clearly like it's a canned pitch. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that I, it's irritating. Right. So yeah, I, you know, to to go into that potential relationship with nothing but trying to find out how you can add value to them. Are you guys a good you know, ideological fit for each other? Right. That's where it's at. So thank you for sharing that piece because I think so many people get on LinkedIn who are not savvy with LinkedIn. It's not Facebook. You know, it's, it, they get right. on there and they're like, blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, I, I'll develop your website. No, you won't. be businessy and say, <laughs> yes. like, no, yes. you're still talking to people. Be, be human. And, but by the way, we, we talked about building the personal brand, posting content. That can only help your cause too, right? Because people are going to look you up, see what you've been doing, what you've been talking about. Um, maybe they've seen some of your stuff. I got on a first call yesterday with a woman who I didn't even realize she'd been listening to my podcast for a while. And she was incredibly excited to talk to me. And I was excited to talk to her. And we uncovered some great partnership potential right away. Um, but it started very warm because she's already been listening to my podcast, which I have out there. Yeah, it, it is interesting how those relationships are made. I think you and I, K, 
connected and became friends because we randomly commented on each other's Facebook posts. Right. And then we met at a conference and, right. you know, but uh, it, it, but there was no agenda, right? We were just like commenting and supporting each other's stuff and, and totally. evolved over two years. So yeah, that's right. Outstanding. So this is all gold and, and I can't wait for people to dig into this book because this can really help your career. But I know that the book is about owning your life too. And it's in the title. So obviously yeah. that's that's so important because again, you, you can't burn that candle at both ends. You can't be, particularly if you have a family, you can't be all in for the business and, yeah. and let them slide. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Just so, you know, some specific directive strategies that you could really use to take ownership of your life. Yeah. So yeah, we talked a lot about owning your career and um, and some of the things you can be doing to set yourself up for success, like building the network and um, building your personal brand. Um, by the way, also the other piece of uh, pre- preparing for the future is investing in continuous learning. Like, make sure that you're always learning and growing because the world of work is always changing, and you want to be prepared for that. Um, as far as owning your life, you know, we talked about the importance of getting to know your own personal values and purpose and you know where you want to go, your vision for where you want to go in your career and your life, uh, and then setting up a schedule that that um, you know plays towards that, right? And thinking about the trade-offs. And then the other thing that I just want to mention when it comes to owning your life is the importance of having the right mindset. I know you're really big on this too. And this has been powerful for me, is that when you shift your mindset to one of ownership, that means you you really think about your life and your career as if it's a business that you own and everything comes down to the decisions that you make and you have the right mindset where you focus all of your energy on the things that you can control and you try to avoid spending too much time thinking about the things that are out of your control and stop making excuses, stop complaining about the other things that are going on, right? There's a lot of bad things we can talk about going on in the world. You know, we talked about COVID-19 as we record this and, and release this, we're just coming off a major presidential election and people can complain about, well, then when this person gets in office or out of office, then I'll feel better about my life and my business. You know, stop putting contingencies on things. You can choose to be happy now. You can choose to take ownership and responsibility now for your career and for your life because nobody cares more about your career and your life than you do. And when you take that ownership, it means you stop complaining, stop playing a victim, stop you know thinking that other people or life is happening to you and other people control what happens to you in your life. You have a mindset of ownership. That means that you are focused on what you can control. You believe that life happens for you, that all challenges can be turned into opportunities. You know, And some are much worse than others, right? But when COVID-19 hit and it completely changed my business because when it did hit at the time, my whole business was selling and running in-person training workshops. Obviously, we're not doing that anymore. Uh, I took that challenge and turned it into an opportunity to pivot my business, start new things. And I love seeing other people do that as well. So don't sit around waiting for other people to tell you what to do, to give you the answer, um, or be that victim that, oh, I was late for this meeting because X happened to me or uh, you know this and that, the weather, whatever. Taking ownership of your life is about taking full responsibility. It's about having that mindset of ownership where you believe life happens for you. You turn challenges into opportunities because there are going to be, we set the vision and goals, there are going to be a lot of challenges. You and I have faced 
quite a few challenges this year, Dr. Richard. I know many, many, everybody listening has faced plenty of challenges. Things almost never go as planned. But when you have this right, the right mindset, you can take those challenges in stride and say, okay, this is one more bump in the road. How can I turn this into an opportunity? What's great about this? What can I learn from this? And how can I get better from this? And then you move on with a sense of pride, a sense of ownership, and really a sense of fulfillment from being able to overcome some of those challenges. And that's what it's all about. And then I have some other stuff in that, in that um, Own Your Life section that uh, are really some great tips, I think, for helping people uh, achieve their goals and really live a better fulfilling life, like taking care of your health, um, sleeping better, the morning routine that I know you and I are both big on, uh, using a journal, reading regularly, uh, things like that. Uh, and um, all of it is designed to help people stop drifting and really take control of their future. I love it. The book is Own Your Career, Own Your Life, available everywhere. So get your hands on that and we'll have links to it in the show notes. Uh, Andy, this has been awesome. I knew that it would be. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests one question. That is, what is your biggest helping? That single most important piece of information you'd like people to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? I want you to think about where you've maybe been drifting in your life, letting other people or society dictate how you live and what you do for work and in your career, and where you can really flip a switch and start to take ownership, start to take responsibility, um, stop playing the victim, and uh, set a course and really start moving towards that. Stop putting things off, stop procrastinating. Where can I take ownership today and realize that this is, I get one life, one gift, right? And uh, one shot and with plenty of time to work out, you know, achieve those big goals. But where can you really take ownership, dive in and, uh, and own your future? That's what I want people to think about. I love it. Andy, give us, give us some URLs where people can learn about you and get their hands on the book. Well, we'll have uh, everything up on my website at andystorch.com. Um, I also have actually uh, a, a free gift, a report for you. I almost forgot. Um, I was, as I was writing this, I went out and surveyed a lot of people in my network to find out their biggest career mistakes. And uh, I put those together in a quick report of the top five career mistakes that people make. And uh, you can go grab that for free at ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. You can see if you're making any of these career mistakes or about to make any of these career mistakes. And of course, the book is available on Amazon. And uh, you can follow me on social media, LinkedIn and Instagram. I'm there every day. Perfect. And we'll have links to everything Andy Storage in the show notes for his episode at thedailyhelping.com. Andy, thank you so much for coming back on The Daily Helping. Can't wait to read your new book and appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Richard. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I also want to thank each and every one of you for checking this out. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review because that's what helps other people find the show. But most importantly... Go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 